Hello and welcome to the How to Not Marry a Jerk podcast. This is a countercultural conversation about how to do relationships the biblical way. I hope in all that we say, you hear the loving voice of a father who's got a great future for you. My name is Nate Swanson. I'm the lead pastor at New City Church in Great Falls, Montana. I am joined by my beautiful wife, Rachel. Hey, it's me. Our church's youth pastor, Aaron Seibrand. Hello. And his amazing wife, Megan. Hey. Come on, let's dive into today's discussion. All right, as we start today, I have a question for you, my lovely wife. Go for it, mister. Megan and Aaron. Any one of you can answer, but here's a question. Um, if if money was no object, all right, so sky's the limit on your budget. If you could hire someone in your life right now to help you with something, what would you hire them to do and what kind of qualities would you be looking for? Um, I think I'd want a personal chef. Oh, gosh, yeah. That sounds really good. And I would want them to, like, <laughs> abide by all of my healthy food rules and have certain things prepared and good snacks. Was this easier to think of because we're currently fasting as we record this? (laughs) No, but I've always just thought like uh, a housekeeper would be nice, but really I could do laundry if someone could just cook for me. That's true. That's true. Yeah. If they, yeah. Cause if they're skilled enough to make it healthy and tasty and they just do all the, like the thinking through it is the worst part. a snack for me when I was ready for a snack. (laughs) Sounds like I want a mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. I think if money's no object, a private pilot mm-hmm. would that. But the, would the jet be included? No, no. Think. You have to buy the jet. Oh, yeah. That's so that's, that's your not problem. A, not an option. We're paying then. for the uh, the employee. So okay. I think a personal assistant would be great. Just somebody that just did whatever I needed them to do whenever I needed to go get this or run this or to do break down this data for me or whatever. I think that'd be super helpful. And what's their skill set? What are they like? And we'll come back to your chef. We got to know, like, what oh. are they really good at? Yeah, what's their skill set? I think set? somebody that understands how to research and collect the right information based on a subject, I think would be really beneficial because I think that's a weakness of mine of, like, oh, what should I share? So if somebody that was, like, talented and, like, gathering, I want to know this information, but I want to be able to know what I need to share, I think that'd be helpful. And then, obviously, somebody that's honest uh, somebody that is effective, responsible in those things, um, somebody that's not wasting a ton of time. I think those things are all pretty important to me in that arena. Yeah. Rachel, do you have an answer yet, or should we go to Megan for um, I mean, I want a chef and someone that would clean the house. <laughs> and basically someone that would take care of everything Ooh, including a personal trainer. That would take care of everything so that <laughs> this I could... This three different people right Just... Now spend time with our family and friends so somebody that actually just like does the workout for you yeah but you get all you get the calories (laughs) (laughs) so what's the skill set what are their traits that you're looking for um i'm i'm kidding because obviously that's too much but if truly if cooking was just handled and it was healthy good cooking that my family liked that's great that answers off limits megan already took it okay i think with the personal chef they have to be clean you don't want a dirty personal oh chef. Gosh, that would be yes. gross. They have to be faithful because if you're waiting on them for dinner and they're yeah. not showing up, that mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. Um, so those are, would be two big things. Organized, because mm-hmm. I would not want 
just a mess everywhere all yeah the time. like yeah. i would be irritated if i hired someone to cook for me and they're just leaving my kitchen a mess or like yeah. the fridge is so disorganized that like your pantry's a catastrophe yeah they're like i have my system yeah definitely yeah. Okay, how about I just go in the personal trainer route? Sure, if sure. I had a personal trainer, I would want them to know me. Like, I'd want them to know, okay, you need to work out your calves or your biceps or whatever. And this will help you be able to run faster. Or this will help you to be able to lift heavier things. Like, I'd want to be able to know me yeah. well. All right, so mine is probably a little bit more... Um how should I say niche? Uh, I want somebody who will just fix every water leak in our house. My <laughs> Turns wife, out I'm not that person. <laughs> Rachel has a radar for every time there's water, there's moisture here. There's a drip. There's a leak. Like, oh my, that is the worst thing I could hear. That is the worst. I just, because water is the worst. Like for whatever reason, if it's a pipe leaking or the seal is broken and there's water, I don't know why that aggravates me more than anything else. Yeah. And Rachel has a radar to find it every time and point it out for me and expect me to fix it. I just want a guy that can fix it. That's all I want. So I want her to point it out. And if I'll just you be are like, that man, call, call Carl. Carl Let me know over. and I will call you. Yeah. And that's the main trait he needs to have is a name that is Carl. Carl. He needs to be named Carl. All right, if you're Carl and your specialty is plumbing. <laughs> Let us know. Uh, we had a leak. Uh, actually, one of the reasons are the a good chunk of the upper level of our house is not yet sheetrocked is we had a leak under our window. Water was coming in and we couldn't figure out why. Oh, just the worst. I wor- it's the worst. We had a leak downstairs. Rachel always points it out. I don't know. I try to what do you her. do? No, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. What do you do in that situation? Do you, you call Carl. That's what you do. Stay quiet. Carl, like, get over here. If it stays a leak, that's a bad thing. Here's the traits that I want Carl to have. Um, he is always available. Two in the morning. I don't care. He's just Go always Carl. available. And... And he, and, and he's not talkative, you know, I want him to be one of those guys. who's just quiet. He doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to be bothered. He just wants to get the job done. And he's <laughs> thorough. He's really thorough, but he'll come back as many times as possible to make sure the job is done. Even if he wasn't as thorough as he needed to be the first time. Gosh, I like Carl. Carl, you're the man. Yeah. <laughs> Carl sounds like a dream. <laughs> he is a dream. He's a real dream. <laughs> Speaking of Carl the dream, let's talk about who you should marry. All right? Oh. So this is How to Not Marry Drink, the podcast. It is podcast hey. podcast episode number four. And uh, we're going to get a little bit more specific in this episode. We're going to give you uh, a brief overview to be to be expanded upon later, but we're going to give you a brief overview of the kind of person maybe you ought to look for. And we're going to give you some, some biblical, uh, basis for the answers that we give here. But, um, we we've mentioned before on this podcast that when it comes to a good relationship, there's kind of three major components who you are going to be with, how you are actually going to conduct your relationship in moving toward marriage, and then the timing. Like, when do you start dating? When do you get engaged? When do you pull the trigger and actually like do do the do the wedding? I almost said do the marriage. Uh, so who, how, and when? All right. So we're gonna dive a little bit more into the who today, and I do want to try to do this. Uh, quickly, or at least, at least the six traits I'm going to give you. I want to try to do this quickly. I want to, of course, invite discussion from uh, the rest of the, uh, the gang here. Um, but I also want to uh, let you know, there's a surprise coming at the end. There's a Ooh, twist coming. All right. Oh, so, so yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. 
Yes. Oh, you don't? No. Okay, it's, it's a really good one. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, hint, hint, it's on your paper. By the way, don't, don't no spoilers, though. All right, so uh, I should say, um, you might be wondering, as I work through this, you might be wondering, like, really? That's on his list, and this other thing isn't? I, I want to try to give you some of the things that aren't commonly spoken about when it comes to relationships. Some of these are, depending on the circles uh, that, you, that you are in, the church that you're in. Um, if you're at New City, you've probably heard some of these things before. Uh, shout out to our New City young adults and or singles of any age. We love you guys. So without further ado, a person you ought to be looking for is a person who is known for, number one, a good work ethic. Amen. And I'm just going to sound really old school right here. They're harder to find. Yeah. They're out there, but they're harder to find. So let me read Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. So you want to look for somebody. You want to marry somebody who is known for a good work ethic. And the biggest reason behind that is because marriage is work. Any good relationship takes work. You're not going to just stumble into and, and, and just magically find yourself 10 years down the road in this, in this marriage that was just so error-free and flawless. It takes work. So you want to marry somebody who knows how to show up and knows how to like stay till the job is done and not phone it in in the process, but really, really work hard. Um, there's a lot of reasons. I think probably any one of us could think of like when, you, when you're working a job, there are times you want to complain. There are times that you want to nitpick. You want to compete with the other coworkers. There's times you want to show up late. You want to leave early. You want to coast, you know, between the time you clock in and you clock out. And if you're marrying somebody that's like that, you can expect that they're probably not going to put in the effort when it comes to working through the issues in your marriage. And issues will arise because you're both human, right? Rachel, have we ever had any issues in We've our marriage? We've had quite a few issues. Honey, you were supposed to say no. And you have great work ethic. <laughs> and honestly, like you're a harder worker than I am. And you work harder at those issues, which is great. I, I have a tendency, I would tend to like put it under the rug and pretend it's not there. And you're really good at making us fight for the right things. But the truth is I have more issues than you do. So it probably makes sense that I have to work harder. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep moving. I want to keep this brief. Number two, you want to marry somebody who is known for financial stewardship. That is taking good care of God's money because it's his, not theirs. And you want to marry somebody who is taking good care of it. Luke 16, 11 says this. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And you'll, you'll see this theme when you look for it in the scriptures. It's absolutely there over and over that, that there is, there is a, a, a way to tell how dependable a person is and how trustworthy they are by examining how they handle their worldly finances and how they handle their money. And uh, so I want to encourage you, like God wants to do way more in your life than just bless you financially. God wants to do a lot in your life. He wants to give you true riches, according to what this says. The true riches are heavenly riches. But, but one of the ways God knows whether or not he can trust you is how are you handling what you have? This same passage of scripture, if you read through it in detail, it, it essentially says when, when you've been faithful in little, God will give you more 
Lord to be faithful with. You want to marry somebody who is known for being faithful with whatever they have. And man, we all go through seasons, right? I mean, maybe, maybe you, you, you're, you're looking at somebody who is, uh, uh, a track record, maybe a past of immense debt and they're working their way out of it. And so when you look at the car they're driving or, or even their current bank account status, maybe it's not impressive, but we're not looking at, at their past as much as their present. And what are they known for currently? If they're working their way out of debt, maybe they don't have a really impressive wardrobe or car or apartment or home. That's not the point. Here's the point. How are they using what they have? How are they using what they have? I, I think there are times when, um, when, when you are watching, um, I guess the prospects for marriage and you're looking at prospects for marriage and there are some people that seem really, really fun because they're taking vacations and they're upgrading their phones and they're, you know, they're, they're dressing in the best drip. Did I use that right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they got the best drip. They got the best fit. And, and yet it, it, on the surface, it looks like they've got all kinds of prosperity dig a little bit deeper. What are they known for? Cause it sounds like that person might be known just for pampering themselves. Oh, okay. Number three, we're going to move on. <laughs> who should you marry a person who is known for commitment to the local church, Amen. commitment to a great local church family. That's what you want to see. You want to see somebody who is showing up, who's making it a priority, who's engaged, who's involved. Why? Well, first Timothy one, Pardon me. First Timothy three, verse fifteen says, uh, in in the in the middle of instructions to Timothy, Paul says this. He says, "If I'm delayed, you'll know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household." Same word for family, God's family, God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. See, you want a relationship based on truth based on honesty, on transparency, on, on, on accuracy. You don't want a, a marriage based on lies. And according to what we read in scripture, the church is the pillar and the foundation of truth. We just read it here and it is God's family. So if you're, if you're trying to build a family, you're trying to build a household, build a future with somebody that you want to last, you should actually be building it with somebody who's committed to God's family, who's committed to God's household. There's so many things that happen in the household of faith. So many things that happen in a good, healthy church family that train you for marriage, that train you for good relationship. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm going to move on quickly from there because there's other things we're about to go into that flow from a connection with a good local church, somebody who, who you ought to be looking for the, the, the person you ought to be looking to marry is a person who's committed to the local church and, and showing up even when they don't need to. And number four, maintaining healthy friendships, maintaining healthy friendships. You want to marry somebody who's known for this, uh, in this is, this is so important because in Matthew 18, 15, uh, let me just put it this way. Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, Go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. And there's, there's this, there's Matthew 5, there's Galatians 6. There's several areas that say, essentially, when, when people aren't doing well spiritually or when you're at odds with them, if there's a break in your relationship, you bear the responsibility of working it out. In Matthew 5, it, here it says, if they've sinned against you, you should go and, and, and work it out. In, in Matthew 5, it says, if, if you know they've got an issue with you, so maybe you've hurt them, you go and you work it out. One of the reasons this is so critical is because your, your marriage relationship, ideally, it'll be a friendship first. 
And and, and over the course of time, what it takes in order to maintain any relationship is it takes humility. It takes it takes a willingness to admit your own fault. It takes a willingness to when when they're at fault to be able to uh, approach them in a way where they can actually hear you. Jesus said, if, if he listens to you, you've won your brother over. So it takes humility and care for them and respect for them and value for them to be able to approach them, even when they're the one 99% at fault. It takes respect and care and compassion and, and loyalty to go to them and approach that issue in a way where you can actually make it right and not just and not, and not just end the relationship because it was inconvenient for you. I bring this up because I think when you're looking at somebody to build a life with, you want to marry somebody who knows how to work through difficulty and work through broken relationship. And if, if you look at their track record and they're known for abandoning friends, being a fair weather friend, having, having just a, a mixture of friends that don't really seem present in their life, but always distant, you might actually be, you might actually be marrying somebody who, who really doesn't have humility and doesn't have the, the commitment and the loyalty and the compassion necessary to work through those difficult things that will undoubtedly arise in marriage. All right, I'm taking too long. I'm going to go to number five. I'm going to, I'm going to get through this list, and then I want to just generally ask you guys to jump back in and, and give your thoughts on any one of these. All right, so number five, you want to marry somebody who is known for serving and honoring authority. Serving and honoring authority. In Ephesians 5, it says, As the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And let me, let me kind of approach this um, a little bit from a, a deconstruction standpoint, a little bit backward. What marriage presents is the responsibility for you to love a person or honor a person even when they don't deserve it. Now, a lot of people would sympathize with Rachel in her role, her responsibility to respect me even when I don't deserve it. But the truth is there are times when even Rachel does not seem to deserve the love that I'm responsible to give her. Megan and Aaron, Megan and Aaron, have you uh, have you noticed any times when Rachel's been really unlovable? Yeah, that's. We'll come back to that at the end of the episode. Good, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> episode six will be all about that. <laughs> there are times in your marriage relationship when, as a guy, you don't want to love her because she doesn't seem to deserve it. As a as a lady, you don't want to respect him and submit yeah. to him because he doesn't seem to deserve it. And what serving and honoring authority does, what it trains you before marriage, is it trains you to actually honor somebody even when it seems like they don't deserve it, to, to have compassion for them, to have patience with them. And it's, it's different than the friendship relationship that we just spoke about. There is, there's value in that. But, but with authority, oftentimes we recognize there's consequence when I don't respect. There's consequence when I don't obey. There's consequence when I don't, when I, when I don't show whatever it may be, uh, loyalty or honor or whatever, whatever it may be, uh, depending on the, the teacher relationship, the coach relationship, the, the parent relationship, the, the boss relationship. See, in those relationships, it's more obvious to us as we grow up that there's consequence, negative consequence for me when I don't give the thing that I'm required to give. So, what, what, what I'm always reminded of in those relationships is that even though the person may not deserve my respect, my loyalty, my compassion, my patience, God asks me to right. honor them and to serve them and yeah. to follow them 
because he's the one who's ultimately in charge. Romans 13 makes that really clear. And I digress because I'm, I'm taking too long, but I, I believe it's really important when you are, when you're examining the life of a person that you're excited about marrying, you got to ask yourself, what's their heart like toward authority figures in their life? Are they the person that's firing all their bosses? Are they the person who is, who's nitpicking all their teachers? Are they the person who, who's been at odds with their parents for years and they can't make that relationship right? You might be marrying a person who doesn't understand their responsibility to love or to serve or to, or to show kindness or patience or, or honor to somebody even when they don't deserve it. There will be times in your marriage you don't deserve it. You want to marry somebody who's willing to give it to you even when you don't deserve yeah. it because that's one of the keys to unlocking health in your marriage. Okay, number six, and then we'll, then we'll dive back in uh, to just kind of your thoughts examining each of these. And this really, I think this encompasses all of these, but number six, you want to marry a person who's known for personal integrity and transparency. Personal integrity and transparency. Uh, Psalm 139 in the, in the message paraphrase, uh, David says, investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Like he is, he's just like, he's showing that he just wants to be vulnerable before God, open before God. In every single one of these other traits that I've listed, I, I believe when we, when we actually, when we do this well, we're, we're, we're not just nitpicking a person's life, but we're, what we're seeing is like, are they, are they really actually genuinely connected to Jesus? And, and in this trade in particular, like you want to marry somebody who's known for being open, who's known for being vulnerable, who's known for being humble, because none of us do it right. We all mess up. We all, at times we go through seasons, we go through slumps, we go through, through all kinds of stuff that can, that, that can make us maybe that, that can tempt us to, and we can give in to the temptation to be disobedient, to be distracted, to be carnal. Are you going to marry somebody who gets open about that? At a certain point, are the, are the defenses going to come down? Are they going to open up their life? And are they going to allow God to examine them? It's important because in, in 1 John 1, it says, If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship. We have closeness with one another. Your closeness with your future spouse is going to be hindered if they're a person that does not know how to be transparent and doesn't know how to be humble. So this is really, really critical. In fact, I think it, it really affects all these other areas because I think you have to ask, is this person, do they have a good work ethic for, for, uh, for the right reasons, for godly reasons, or for their own advantage? Are they taking care of their money because they believe it really does belong to God or, or they're just trying to get ahead and, and accrue something and attain something and achieve something for their own glory or their own benefit? Even the commitment to the local church, some people will just kind of like, they'll show up, they'll look faithful, but really what they're looking for, they're looking for respect, they're looking for honor, they're looking for status. Maintaining healthy friendships, is this a person who really knows how to invest in other people and, and contribute to other lives, or are they just trying to, to suck dry all their friends and get what they can out of all those friendships? And then serving and honoring authority. I think that this is why this is important along with the friendship issue. Some people will look great in front of the teacher, the coach, the pastor, the parents, but you get them alone with their friends long enough and all their friends know that they're just a fake. So here's ultimately, I think all of these are tied together with this last trait. You want to marry somebody who's known for personal integrity and transparency. Is there humility? Is there a realness there? 
are they approachable? Reflecting on what you've heard? Consider sending us your questions. When you email podcast at newcity.church, your feedback could shape one of our future episodes. It's a simple way to keep the podcast relational and relevant for you. Okay, so what are, you, what are your thoughts? And because we are fasting right now, maybe all of us are a little bit slug. Maybe today's podcast is just a little bit more subdued compared to past episodes. Um, my thoughts are that all these are fantastic, but I also think that um, sometimes we look at this list and we think, there's no way I could find someone that possesses all of those. And obviously there's going to be weaknesses in people like they're you can't be perfect at everything right but um I think someone that is actually willing to admit like hey this is a struggle for me Mm. like I I knew that you were quick Mm. to repent and there were areas that you were better at in these than others and areas where you struggled more, but you were quick to repent on those. And so I, I had an understanding that you saw that as wrong and, and even like gave you some space before we actually started dating to like maybe work those out. I think a lot of times, um, people don't do that. Like if they just like held off for a second and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to let you work on this some, some more. Like these are, these are things that you need to work on before we would start dating. Um, like you need to have a steady job before I start dating you. That needs to be something, uh, the Bible says that, uh, a man's appetite, uh, what's the word? A laborer's appetite works for him. Yeah. Maybe say that into the mic. A laborer's appetite works for him. Works for him. His hunger drives him on. And it's so true though. I mean, I feel like I've seen that a lot. Like, especially. It also says that if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) I'm meaning like when you're entering into like a quote unquote dating relationship, if especially for females, if they waited for a minute and they just said, I'm just, I'm going to let him work this stuff out. His appetite will drive him to work a little bit harder. Like I need to, I need to get better at my finances. I need to get better. I want to say this plainly because I don't want people to miss that. I think that's good. So when I'm really interested in a girl and she's saying, hold on, you got an issue right here that I'm, I'm having a hard time with it. I'm more motivated if she's not dating me, if she's withholding herself, I'm more made it motivated in that season to work on that issue. If yeah. she cares about it, I care about it. Yeah. Yeah. So is that what you're saying? Like yes. the laborers appetite. So if, if he's got an appetite, for, yeah. appetite for a woman. <laughs> Delish. <laughs> oh gosh. So he's like motivated toward this relationship. She can help him grow yeah. by saying no. Oh, I didn't mean she can help him grow. Yeah. And I think what happens a lot in the world is it's like, we get this, they, we get this mentality of like, "Eh, it's you and me together. We'll figure it out. And, you know, I think Mm -hmm. girls can often be like, I can help him with this. Like maybe he's not, doesn't have a great work ethic, but I, I'm a nurse. I have a great work ethic or, you know, they have some sort of job that's really great. Um, and they're like, it's fine. It'll be okay. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think when you, 
enter into that relationship and they haven't proved themselves, like what do they have to prove at that point? Like yeah. you've got a great job and they're just going to ride your coattails. Yeah. 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 Okay. We, we, I, I want to go back to something you said earlier. Cause you were saying I was, I'm better in some of these arenas than others, which is absolutely true. Why don't we call ourselves out unless it's more fun to call out our spouse in which of these areas are we weakest? I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I would say number five is the biggest, biggest challenge for me on this list, serving and honoring authority because I am, I'm opinionated. I'm a, I'm a strong leader and it, it's easy for me to get critical of anybody who's in a supervisory role in my life or a leadership role in my life. So that's one that I've really had to work on. Yeah, I would say probably, um, like number six, I don't think that's, um, I feel like I wasn't like, what is number six personal integrity and transparency? Sorry. (laughs) Um, I just feel like I did not, um, enter into a relationship being very vulnerable and probably didn't even know how to do that. And that probably was a struggle and it was very helpful to have, like, I think the commitment to the local church really did drive that. If I didn't have that, I would not have the ability to understand vulnerability because the people around me were practicing it and forcing it out of me. Um, But I think um, if I was, I don't know, if I didn't have the local church, I would have just continued to progress on in my kind of closed down emotional state where I wasn't quick to let people in. And I think in, um, in the church, the relationships around me really helped me open like my heart up to people. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's definitely you. <laughs> you're number one. <laughs> I'm sure that's a joke. I'm joking. I'm assuming she is. Oh, no, I could see that. Uh, if you don't know Nate, he's very straightforward. So yeah, you can draw that out of a lot of people. Uh, I'm actually having a hard time picking one because I just feel like I'm in a season <laughs> where God's working on me in a, lit- a lot of areas. I, think- I, would, I would say by the standard maybe the way people look at it, I probably excel in all of these and I'm just aware of my shortcomings in a lot of them. But I think one thing God has challenged me with significantly in the last year is like maintaining healthy relationships and the benefit of that. I think I have very good friends and I have people that I have good relationships with, but the spiritual formation that that community could bring, I think I have I don't necessarily push into or lean into of like that person that I know, like, for example, just like Nick Schwal wants the best out of me all of the time. And he's willing to fight for that. Oh, and Nick I, Schwal's the best. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he is a really good guy. And I think uh, at times I don't lean into that well enough to where like the accountability that I can have from him, the, the seeking out of questions that I might have that I have parenting advice and or those areas, just asking questions and those things I think is something that I could definitely lean into in this season and maintaining those things and growing those things in my life. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say for me, number one, a good work ethic, especially I think early on in um, like when we were, I, I'm trying to answer this question, like based on when we were first getting together, um, first started dating, I would say, um, I tend to be spacey and tend to let people win all the time, which sometimes you have to get the task done, but it's very hard for me to get the task done, um, when people are involved and I just want to spend time with people. So I think you're a really hard worker. Well, I mean, how do you have five kids and 
do all that you do within the church and not be like you're yeah. you've you've grown it tremendously in that arena i yeah. mean i think you're a harder worker than i am now honestly you're a great worker there's like the tortoise Megan, i think you're so awesome <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's personal encouragement on yes, this list anyway. <laughs> all right all right so i i'm glad you're all willing to identify a weakness in your life because this kind of leads to our surprise all right here's Uh-oh. the twist here's the twist do the, we have a drum roll does that oh we haven't with any of our new fun audio stuff. We have some so. buttons, guys. What now? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We didn't. We don't I'll have try a drum one. We don't this, have a drum We roll. haven't no. done any of our audio things today. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it played twice. I'm sorry. We're I learning. It twice. Yeah, they just let it go. <laughs> this twice. one you have to turn okay, off. Okay, now and on. wait, right? Oh, okay. Oh. So you say the big announcement and I'll push that button. So, yeah. Which one? That that one. One? Okay, you got to okay. turn it off and on. Get ready, everyone. All right, so here's <laughs> actually there's a couple of big twists. The big, the the first big surprise is this: the best way to find this person is to become this person. Yeah. Nice. Was over the top. Wow, the really crowd great. went wild on that. You yeah. may not have known until now. We're actually recording this in front of a very large studio audience. That was yeah. just that was all live applause. I've been shocked that nobody has coughed or sneezed or made any sort of noise. You know, the thing time. is, they were all waiting for the big reveal. Yeah, yeah. and when they Holding stopped applauding, breasts. it was immediate. Yeah. <laughs> Did oh, you yes. notice that? It's done. It's good. No fade out. Well All right, done, so, everyone. Yes. Thank the you. best way to find this person is to become this person, right? right? Not not to watch everybody with a judgmental attitude. Jesus said it this way. He said, don't, don't look at the speck in your brother's eye and forget about the log in your own, right? So you, you shouldn't just be looking at all your field of options in the dating world and think, well, you know, they're obviously not measuring up. Here's a really good question that I love to ask, and it's just a little bit mean. But if you found a person who actually had all six of these traits and they were really growing and progressing and, and maybe even mastering all six of these traits, why would they be attracted to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why, why? I mean, think about it on a, on a, on a super superficial level. On a, I, I meant to say a very superficial <laughs> level. Imagine a dude who's like got no looks, no game, no charm, you know, no, no assets. And he's going after the girl that all the other guys are going after. And you're just, oh, you're just hurting for him because you know, like, just please stop. Mm-hmm. Give up. Either, either lower your standards or pick up your game, right? Like, yeah. that's not going to work well. It, on the spiritual level... It works as well. And you might think Christians should be nicer to me. No, no, like you should be more realistic because, mm-hmm. because ultimately when a person has gone through the process of refinement and following God through the process of life and seeing the value in each of these things, these really are faith issues. Right in, in Hebrews 12, it says, let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We, we have a spiritual race to run, 
and there are hurdles in this race. There's obstacles in the race. And, and actually when I, when I teach about this in, in uh, person, you, I normally have like a, a hurdle, like a literal hurdle that you would see in a track race uh, available with me. And I talk about these six things are hurdles that God's going to call you to overcome. Jesus is your focus, right. not, not working hard. Jesus is your focus, not making money. Jesus is your focus. But as you walk with Jesus, what, what you begin to see is he'll start to speak to you about the way you're handling your finances. He'll start to convict you about the way you're handling or not handling your relationships. So long story short, by the way, can I just, he starts speaking to you through his word and also through people. Like I think that there are oftentimes that people will point this out in your life and you're thinking, yeah, everyone's being mean to me, but God right. uses his church. God uses his people to speak to us. So listen up yeah. and be committed to a local church. Yeah. Yes. And over the course of time, here's what happens is, is each, each person who, who approaches these hurdles and then with faith in God and eyes on Jesus overcomes them, it shapes you. It changes who you yeah. are. It, it's, it's a shift in values. So again, the best way to find this person is to become this person. Yeah. Because when, when you find that person or they find you, you've got to ask yourself why, if they have that whole list of values that have been changed by the Holy Spirit and walking with him through seasons of overcoming hurdles by faith, why would they be drawn to you if you don't have that same value system? So the best way to find this person is to become this person. And then this is one where I, I think we'll have some better discussion. This isn't actually who you should marry, but this is actually who you should date. That's right. You should only date somebody. You should only date somebody who actually matches this description, a person who is known for those six things. All right, so tear that apart or shout your praise. <laughs> I pushed the button. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think? Well, I think in order, yeah, if you're going to, if you get so far into the process of dating and let's say somebody you're dating, you know, they're not transparent with you at all, have no integrity. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you build a foundation yeah. of a marriage on that? Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it's like, well, you're kind of invested. Maybe you've spent six months with this guy. Like you, I mean, you kind of wasted your time with him, but it's like you either have to break it off or confront and course correct which could be very challenging depending on where he's at in life or any of these other things I think too some of them I think they have varying degrees of okay where it's like you said if it's they maybe they have a bad financial history but they're in some financial counseling they're working on paying off their debt they have a good job like they've got plans you can see there's effort there then sure that might be something to look at and say okay this this could be tough and if we get married I might have to contribute to your your financial baggage, but at least there's effort and there's something moving forward here. Um, But I think there's just simply things of if you get too far into a relationship and most of these things aren't, well, all of these things aren't somewhat established, then you're either wasting your time in this relationship, hoping that this person turns out to be somebody better than what you started with, which is a big ask of someone. Like you're literally asking them to change something that they may not even be aware they need to. Um, or you just have to break it off. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
a key of this is your process and the pursuit of this. Many people would date people to find this information yeah. out. Where you should be pursuing a, a level of knowledge and knowing this person way before you ever date them, that you would actually know these things and you would have an awareness of these things, or you would be willing to have a conversation about these things with these people. But a lot of people I see, they jump into it and they're like, oh, I didn't know that they, I didn't know they had all this. Well, debt let's talk or about whatever. how this is complicated with like Snapchat and social media oh, and yeah. just the private world before a relationship ever goes public. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could be pursuing, you could be having conversations with people that nobody else knows about through Snapchat or a media f uh, platform like that, where you're being drawn into the image that they are presenting to you. And you may not be aware of the struggles and the issues that are going on, because I'll tell you what, I, my life looks really good on Instagram. It, it doesn't because I haven't posted anything in <laughs> probably a few years. But, but you if know, I had an Instagram, it would be bombing. Really yeah, good. it could look really good. I could present the images and I could select and choose little snippets of my life. And people would say, wow, look at how holy this guy is. Or look at how cool this guy is. Or look he's at how fun he is. He's got a pilot. Yeah, he's got a pilot. Um, the, he doesn't have a plane. <laughs> just a pilot <laughs> Okay. One day I'll get that plane. But you could be presenting and you could be judging all those things. And these things could be an absolute wreck. Like not yeah. one or two or three of these things could be an absolute wreck. And you're just not aware of those things uh, through those platforms. And so I think getting a clarity of being around that person yeah. um, helps with you. Uh, being prepared to actually step into the dating process. So don't rest the process. I, I want to go back to that idea of like... It, over the course of time, as God leads you past these hurdles with your eyes on him, there's a value shift, right? right. It's like a conviction of the Holy Spirit. You realize I, my finances are a wreck because I've just made this all about me. So in the process of responding to that conviction, your values are being shaped, mm -hmm. right? That That's the idea. So that's why I want to go back to, again, the best way to find this person is become this person. Yeah. Well, if, if you really are that person, then why are you trying to even date somebody who's not that person. Yeah. If you really value this, instead of thinking, and I mean, I don't know how many people think this way. There's probably some that think, okay, well, I'll, I'll get him and then I'll, you know, I'll catch him. Then I'll clean him up. You know, I can change him. Sure. I can, yeah. I can influence her. I can, I can convince her. He's really misunderstood, right? Yeah. Like if only they knew him and no matter what a person is or isn't, what they're known for is a big deal. The track record they have is a really big deal. And if I truly have a value that says God really has shaped these things in me, I'm going to want to invest all of my time, all of my affection, all of my energy only in a person who matches that value system. Because I think what what's sad is it goes from like, you know, you slide into somebody's DMs, you know, you text every now and then you're, you're like, you, and then it turns into like, oh, you know what? We sat by each other. You know, we sat by each other at church. We're at church of all places. So of course this is holy, mm -hmm. but then it turns into a, a few connections. And then sooner or later, oh wow. You know, he dropped off her, her favorite lunch at work, or she's the only one who, who texted him when, when everybody knew he was sick. And, and those little things just snowball into, oh gosh, he's not somebody or she's not somebody that shares those values, but gosh, my my heart is just telling me all the right things. Yeah. yeah, totally. I think one of the questions I love to ask young adults in that um, arena is when they, when they come and they ask themselves, hey, what do I need to do to be um, ready for marriage? I think turning that back on them of like, well, what do you think marriage even is? Yeah. Like, 
Because I think so many people have a misconstrued perception of marriage to where setting the record straight of like, this is actually what you're entering into would be helpful to level some of that to begin with. Um, But one conversation I just had that came to mind was in the area of finances is like a young adult had asked, what should I do to prepare for marriage? And a lot of these things, like they might, they pretty much were pretty spot on here. But one thing they didn't have was a good vehicle or a savings account. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know what? Like it would suck to go into a marriage and instantly you have to buy a new car and you have nothing to contribute to that marriage of like no savings account or anything. And they, it's not due to, you know, being financially responsible. It's just timing and stuff like that. But one thing I think is important for any young adult, just a very practical step is like, just start saving your money. Like if you're 20 years old and you start saving your money in a savings account by the time you're 25 and maybe ready to get married, you could probably buy a house or buy a better vehicle and not enter into a marriage being a financial burden to somebody else or entering into marriage with two financial burdens that you both are spending a ton of time course correcting. That's true. Yeah. We were so grateful when we got married. Um, neither of us had any debt. We both owned our vehicles outright. Like we, we entered the marriage I mean, really with... Perfectly. We were perfect. No, we weren't. But in this arena, <laughs> we, were we really entered blessed. it, we were yeah, well. really like, you know, like, okay, this is going to work out financially. This is a great, this is, we've helped ourselves out before getting, um, before starting to date. And we were in a small group with a ton of people that were all brand newly married and all of them were thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. Now, a lot of them had degrees, which is great. That's, I understand that's going to happen. It's not, but, uh, like many of them had vehicles too, that were out of reach for them. And like, there's just some things like if you can set yourself up, even if you have debt, if you have a plan for paying that off, I think that's super smart to at least be having those conversations, at least be having that, um, exercise of paying that off before you actually start that relationship. Otherwise you're going to be in big trouble. It's true. Okay. So in, in future episodes, we are going to go through and take a deeper dive into the significance of each of these arenas, just to kind of even answer some of the questions of if, if this isn't a current value for you, maybe how could you cultivate that value? Or if the Holy Spirit's already been convicting you, but you've found yourself unsuccessful in this arena, what could we do to help? And, 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 and a few other arenas of conversation will flow from these in future episodes. But, um, I, I do want to land on one last thought. Um, and, and hopefully you've heard, hopefully you've heard some things today that maybe have kind of made you wonder how slow do I need to go in starting a relationship? Um, you want to go as slow as necessary to make sure you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. And so the last thought that I have for you is just simply this, have patience, have patience. And in Habakkuk two, three, it says slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled if it seems slow, wait patiently, it will surely take place. And there's something about trusting in the promises of God and recognizing if God wants to bring a blessing into your life, you're not going to hijack it by trying to honor him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you hear that? Like if God wants to bring a blessing into your life, you're not going to screw up that blessing by trying to honor him. Right. Yeah, so slow good. down become the person that is responding to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, this is not an exhaustive list. You know, there could be other things beyond these six things I've named things that the Holy Spirit is convicting you about hurdles that he's bringing you beyond. 
Keep your eyes on him. Respond to his voice with transparency, with integrity. Become the person that is a really great catch for somebody else. And it doesn't matter, you know, it, ultimately it doesn't matter how great your job is or, or, or how, how beautiful you may or may not be on, on the outside. Become a great catch spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Become the person God wants you to be. Because ultimately, that's where your fulfillment is going to be. Right. You're not going to get fulfilled by attaching this wonderful person to your life. There is fulfillment in that. But, but no matter who you marry, if you're not fulfilled in Christ, right. Right. if you're not aware of his voice and responding to his voice, you're never going to be fulfilled in marriage. Yeah. Never. And the rest of those don't even matter. That's right. Mm-hmm. So take the time leaning into his voice, becoming the person that God wants you to be, overcoming the hurdles he calls you past. And then those same values, those, those same things that are formed in you, you want to watch for those in anybody you even date. Don't start too soon. Okay. Do you mind if last thoughts? Oh, well, Oh, sorry. do your last thoughts. And then if we could just go over each point, just super quick, just listing them off in case anyone's taking notes, but well, how about I do that super quick and then we'll do last thoughts. Okay. okay. So in case it prompts any memories. All right. So, uh, you want to marry somebody slash date somebody who is known for a good work ethic, financial stewardship, commitment to the local church, maintaining healthy friendships, serving and honoring authority and personal integrity and transparency. Last thoughts. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Hey! Yeah. No, that was a great episode. I think I love the idea of being patient uh, because in, in reality, you have the rest of your life to be married to somebody. But if that person stinks, they're also stuck with them the rest of your life. So having yeah. patience is a good one to come into that. Yeah, probably the hard, hardest principle for, I think, a young adult to understand is patience because we love the age of instant gratification. So mm-hmm. I think... Um, that's why it's important to set up guardrails to where you don't get your heart attached because it's way harder to see clearly if your heart is attached. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's great. One last thought that I want to throw out is something, a phrase we've used over and over in this, and we've called it out in previous episodes, but a person who is known for, I think you've got to ask yourself, what is this person known for? And then Keeping with the, one of our, our uh, main surprises there, what are you known for? What are you known for? And um, when, when you're evaluating what this person is known for, they shouldn't just be known by you to have those traits and those values. But you, you want confidence that many people in their life know them in this way. Same is true for you. Like I, when, when you have real integrity, it doesn't matter what environment you're in there's a consistency to how you are seen and how you're portrayed and how you're understood. You're known for consistent things. The, the things that you value most, you are known for no matter where you're at. So let's all get better at just responding to Jesus' voice, right? Yeah. yeah. Way beyond marriage, I'm telling you, way beyond our wedding day, God's keep, God keeps bringing me to new hurdles and I want to keep responding to his voice. Amen. 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 Aaron, would you mind praying for our listeners? 
God, we thank you so much for everybody that is tuning in and is a part of the process of hearing your voice, of being transformed and renewed by you. Lord, we pray that you would give them a fresh breath and encouragement in their pursuit of you, Jesus, that they would see you with uh, clear eyes and open ears. And in this, Lord, that you would lead them down the path where every hurdle, Lord, they would see it as an opportunity to know you deeper, to draw closer to you and fall deeper in love with you, Jesus. We pray that you bless them. We thank you for them. In your name, amen.